What's up guys, it is Quinn here back with another fantasy football video and today I'm going to be talking about three must own running backs. So I've run through, you know, current fantasy football ADP and these are just three running backs that I think are screaming values right now. So I'm going to break those three players down, you know, talk about where they're being drafted and then why I think they are great values at this current point in the offseason. And then let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. And if you are enjoying the content, do me a huge favor and hit that like button and then subscribe to the channel. But let's just jump right into the first player. And I've already talked about this guy a decent amount this offseason, but his value is just still fantastic to me. And that is Leonard Fournette. He's going off the board as the RB12. That is a late second, early third round pick. And this ADP still just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, can someone explain to me how Leonard Fournette is a late second, early third round pick? And then Joe Mixon is going like a full round earlier as like a late first, early second. And I'm someone who likes Mixon. Like, I don't think that value for Mixon is terrible. Maybe I'd have him going a little bit later, but I just don't see the difference between Fournette and Mixon for, you know, it to be a whole round difference, you know, because Mixon's not a guy who is guaranteed a three down workload. And then another guy, you know, who's going basically in the same range as Leonard Fournette. Like, how is Javante Williams going back to back with Leonard Fournette? When we know that Javante Williams is locked into a committee with a limited ceiling, we just don't know about that with Leonard Fournette. And he is coming off of a season where he finished as the RB4 in points per game, 18.4 points per game. And keep in mind, these aren't like numbers that were inflated by touchdown production. It's not like he went out there, got into the end zone 20 times. He scored 10 touchdowns in 14 games. I feel like that's what you'd be expecting, you know, on the offense he was on. Average 13 carries per game, six targets. So with that workload on the Buccaneers, 10 touchdowns in 14 games, maybe actually kind of be like underperforming expectation. And his production was consistent all season long, had a solid weekly floor, scored double-digit points in 14 of his 12 games, while also having a massive weekly ceiling. We saw some boom weeks where he put up 44.1 points and then 30.7 points. And now let's just break down his situation this year compared to what it looked like last year. Because if it looks similar to last year, you know, why wouldn't we be drafting Leonard Fournette at this RB12 price, given what we saw out of him in the 2021 season? So this offense is going to be high scoring once again. You know, if Brady left, then this is a different discussion. But Brady's back. I have no doubts this offense is going to be top tier. They're going to be one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL. This offensive line... Probably took a little bit of a hit. Ali Marpet retires. They did lose, I believe it was a guard. Yeah, they lost uh, Kappa also. But then they made a trade with the Patriots, brought in Shaq Mason. So this is still going to be one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So no concerns there. Looking at the running back room, you know, his competition. Ronald Jones is gone. He is with the Chiefs. And then the Bucks went out, drafted Rashad White. So basically Rojo's gone. Rashad White comes in. And I think these are kind of like the two most likely range of outcomes. So not the two most likely outcomes, just kind of like the most realistic range. So I think when we're looking at Leonard Fournette's floor, a realistic floor, right? You know, not saying he gets injured or whatever, somehow like Giovanni Bernard or Rashad White take over the number one role. All that is very unlikely. So a realistic floor would be Fournette gets like the early down work, some receiving work, and then the goal line carries, but then Rashad White kind of works his way in takes the third down work. In that case, that's the floor. The ceiling would be 
Fournette just keeps the same like three down workload he had last year, operates as the workhorse once again, and puts up in another elite RB1 finish. So when we're looking at that floor, you know, he loses out on the third down roll, but is still getting in touchdown opportunities, a lot of carries with some receiving work. I mean, I feel like if he's getting picked in that range, then this RB12, you know, slot would be fair. That's kind of what you're drafting Javante Williams for because you know he is going to be in a committee. But right now, Leonard Fournette is being drafted at that floor with no regard for his ceiling. So it is totally possible he does get that three down workload and you're getting, you know, him late second, early third round, and he's going to end up being an elite running back one, just like he was last year. So I really, really love him here. And I think this is an insane value. I know I've talked about him a ton. This is probably the last time I'm going to talk about him, you know, probably for at least a month or so, just because I feel like I've made all the points I can make. But Leonard Fournette at the running back position, my favorite value, maybe of any player, but definitely at the running back position. Now, moving on a few rounds later, I think Travis Etienne is a really solid buy. He's being drafted as the RB22. It is a late fifth round pick. And I just really like the upside that Travis Etienne has at this price. It's rare you're going to find a running back who has, you know, three down workhorse ability going this late in drafts and someone who has the opportunity to potentially have that role, you know, in this season. So in college, we saw ETN rush for over 1,600 yards and score at least 23 touchdowns in back-to-back seasons. He did that in his sophomore and junior year. So we know he can get it done on the ground. No questions there. But then as a senior, he caught 48 passes for 588 receiving yards. So we can also get it done as a pass catcher. Obviously, I have to reference these college stats because he missed the entire 2021 season with that foot injury. But coming into the 2022 season, this Jaguars running back room is wide open. I am someone who personally loves James Robinson and hopes he has a very successful career. You know, when the Jaguars actually drafted ETN, I was pretty bummed out for James Robinson because I was really excited for him to kind of take that next step, have the workhorse role once again. But once you know that happened, we have to reevaluate here. And right now, today, I feel like this is Travis Etienne's backfield to lose. Looking at the contract situation here, just looking at like the team structure, this is James Robinson's last year on his rookie contract. Travis Etienne was a first round pick last year. So he has at least three more years, potentially a fourth season if they pick up his team option in 2025. You have James Robinson coming off of an Achilles injury. That's a long recovery, a brutal injury, and an injury where very few players come back and are the same after that. So the more I think about this backfield and the more I think about Travis Etienne, really the more I just believe that he is going to be the guy this year. And I just feel like James Robinson is going to be the clear number two kind of handcuff option. The worst case scenario here for Travis Etienne would be that James Robinson makes like this miraculous recovery, comes back early, looks great, you know, looks just like how he did in 2020 and 2021. And in that case, we're probably looking at a committee here. Etienne and Robinson will probably split the early down work. We'll see who gets the red zone opportunities. I'd imagine Travis Etienne gets a lot of the third down work because we know about his skill set. But I really just don't think there's a situation here where like Travis Etienne is the clear number two, right? Like at worst, this is a committee here because you can't have like an undrafted free agent who's coming off an Achilles injury easily play like over a first round draft pick, even though this coaching regime didn't draft Etienne. 
that's just not something that can happen. And it's not something I think will happen because I know Travis Etienne is a very talented player. So if this is a committee, Travis Etienne probably will underperform this ADP, but it's not like he's going to be a total bust. He's being drafted as the RB22. So, you know, maybe in a committee where he gets the receiving work, he's like a high-end RB3, you know, big deal, slightly underperforms this value, but the risk is so worth it because if he does break out and become the clear number one, like you're looking at a borderline running back one being picked in the fifth round. Because even if this Jaguars offense isn't good, if he's getting the volume, if he's getting the opportunities, he's getting the valuable touches, meaning the uh, targets and then the red zone work, he will definitely be a smash you know, pick here in the fifth round. So that is why I'm a big fan of Travis Etienne. And now moving over to my third must-draft running back, it is going to be Miles Sanders. He is being drafted as the RB26. That is a mid to late seventh round pick. And I'm just not ready to write off Miles Sanders just yet. He's definitely fallen off and disappointed after that great finish he had to his rookie season. You know, I think after that year, heading into, it would be 2020, I think he was like a late first, like second round pick. He was going very high in rookie drafts, disappointed, disappointed again last year in terms of points per game, but I still think he's a very talented player. And looking back at his 2021 season, even though the fantasy production wasn't there, he played pretty well. I mean, the dude averaged five and a half yards per carry. So I've seen people, you know, saying he's bad or that the Eagles are trying to replace him. Like that just makes no sense to me. The Eagles have taken no steps to try to replace him. And when he is on the field and healthy, he is the clear-cut RB1. The Eagles didn't add anyone to this RB room besides I think like one undrafted free agent. That is not someone who's going to threaten me with Miles Sanders. The problem is with last year, he did struggle to stay healthy. And then he was also just allergic to getting into the end zone. He carried the ball 137 times and had 34 targets and scored zero touchdowns. That is just wildly unlucky. When we're looking at this Eagles offense, we know it's going to be very run heavy. They're going to rely on Jalen Hurts' legs. This offensive line is very solid. They're very efficient. Like not only are they a run heavy team, it's not like one of these teams that's going to just pound the ball for, you know, small chunks. They are very effective and efficient in the run game. And so when we're looking at a seventh round price, I feel like that's totally worth taking a shot on someone who is going to be the lead back in this type of an offense. I'm not going to be expecting, you know, huge touchdown numbers out of Miles Sanders. I feel like when people make the argument, you know, for Sanders, they're like, oh, this team attempts the most rush attempts in the NFL. They also have like the most rushing touchdowns. But like those numbers are clearly flawed because Jalen Hurts is taking a lot of that, right? When you have a quarterback who's rushing a lot, that doesn't help the running backs. So we know Hurts is going to vulture those touchdowns. So I don't even know if Sanders is ever going to be like a double-digit touchdown guy unless he gets a ton in the receiving game. But we know he cannot do worse than last year, can't have less than zero touchdowns. And we also know that he does have a three-down skill set, very solid pass catcher, which does make him game script proof. So if somehow, you know, they go behind early, they can't just run the ball the entire game, he's going to be out there getting those pass catching opportunities. So I'm totally willing to take a shot on Miles Sanders here in the seventh round. And so those are going to be my three must draft running backs just to run through them. Leonard Fournette was number one, Travis Etienne number two, and then Miles Sanders at number three. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all so much for stopping by and I'll see you guys in the next one. And tomorrow I'll be talking about my must draft wide receivers. So look out for that. Thanks again. See you guys.